you may not always have the same ideas or agree on the way to achieve success. But as long as everyone's clear on what success looks like, you need to trust that there's different ways to do that and let people figure out for themselves the best way to do that. And then I truly view my job as a leader as being there to help them overcome any obstacles they encounter along the way. This is the CMO and Joe podcast. We interview today's most inspiring chief marketing officers and savvy marketers of lucrative direct-to-consumer companies, bringing you insightful stories and tips on marketing, sales, branding, and much more. We bring you the best lessons from the best. Let's get started with your host, Joe Momo. I'm really excited to have my next guest on the podcast. She's the head of marketing at The Known. Welcome to the podcast, Linda Bethay. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, let's just jump right into it. Perhaps you could give the listeners a quick rundown of who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, my name is Linda Bethay. I am the head of marketing at Danone North America. Danone is one of the top 15 food and beverage companies in the U.S. And I have the privilege of leading a team that's responsible for brand strategy, design, creative, media, and shopper marketing across our portfolio of brands. So. And I know there's been a big uh, golden, I like to call them golden nuggets, uh, learnings along the way on your path uh, to where you are today. So I'd love to maybe uh, jump into that. Uh, Perhaps you could give us a little bit of a background of how you got to where you are. Sure. Um, I always knew I wanted to go into marketing. I've always had a really keen interest in consumer behavior. I was actually a psychology major in college. In my senior year, I happened to take a class on advertising and just fell in love with marketing and advertising. Um, I also have a really strong passion for food and beverage. I love baking. I love trying new restaurants. So I decided to merge both of those interests together and pursue a career in food and beverage marketing. Um, So I pursued my MBA and had the opportunity to intern with Kraft Foods in Chicago, working on their Oreo and Jell-O portfolio, which was fantastic for a sweet tooth like myself. Um, And it definitely solidified my love of marketing and my desire to pursue a career in brand management. So after graduation, I joined Frito-Lay in Dallas, Texas, and had the opportunity to work on a number of their different snack brand portfolios, including Lay's Potato Chips. I also worked on the innovation team, launching new snack portfolios and brands. Um, And then I moved up to New York and joined the Pepsi Beverages team. So I spent over a decade of my career across uh, PepsiCo, before jumping ship to what I called the fun side of beverages when I joined Diageo North America leading their rum portfolio. Spent a few years there before joining Danone at the start of 2020. Awesome. And I always love to ask this question, but what's maybe something that Danone does that many people don't know about or uh, something that you're excited about that hasn't really got very much uh, attention so far? It's a great question. What actually drew me to Danone is their purpose. Um, They truly believe in using business as a force for good. Um, We're actually the largest certified B corporation in the world, which many people don't know. And that truly means that we're committed to balancing 
profit with purpose. And so, yes, we have to deliver against our financial goals, but we're also committed to giving back to the planet and to people. Um, and so we're really working across our food and beverage portfolio and finding ways that we can improve the health of people through food and the health of planet through our processes. And so that's what gets me out of bed in the morning and makes me really excited to work on these brands, knowing that I'm making great tasting, delicious products that people love, but also doing good at the same time. Oh, yeah, I love that. B Corp, uh, being a force for good. I think that's a big, uh, big impact. Just like you said, having that impact financially for the business and also uh, for the society as a good. So uh, that's awesome to hear. What's maybe one question that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked? Oh, that's a great question. No one's ever asked me that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say, you know, something I'm really passionate about is team building. I think at this point in my career, that's what's most important is, you know, recruiting and developing the right team of people. Um, and so, you know, something that nobody ever asked me is, what do I look for when building a team? Um, and I kind of look for what I call the three C's. For me, it's not necessarily about where you went to school or your experience. Yes, in some cases, those things matter, but I really want to make sure that the people that I'm recruiting to join my team exhibit three things. Number one, curiosity. I think in order to be a marketer, you have to be insanely curious about people and the world around you. It's what got me into marketing and it's what keeps me engaged. The world is changing every single day. Consumers are changing. The media landscape is changing. And so you have to be curious and you have to be willing to continue to learn about all of these changes and really dig deep and ask the questions about what makes people tick. Why are they you know, buying the brands they're buying? Why are they watching the shows they're watching on Netflix? Um, ask all of those questions. There are no dumb questions, right? I know it's an overused phrase, but I truly think that being curious and staying curious makes you a better marketer. Uh, the second C I look for is courage. I think in order to be successful in today's world, you have to be courageous. We're navigating a very difficult landscape. We just came through multiple years of a pandemic. We're dealing with social injustice across the world. Uh, you know, We're dealing with consumers who are more educated and demanding more from the products and brands that they purchase. And so we as marketers have to take that to heart and have the courage to take a stand um, and to take risks with our marketing. Um, So I want people on my team that are willing to take those risks, even if they might fail. I think as I look back on my career, I've probably learned more from my failures than my successes. Um, And it's made me more willing to take risks and, and try to put it all out there. And then the third C I look for is compassion. I think it's really important as a marketer to have compassion for the consumer and truly try to empathize with the consumer. You yourself may not be the person you're targeting with your brand. And so you really have to put yourself in their shoes and understand their motivations, their needs, and make sure that you're delivering the right products and marketing to meet those. And then I also think as a leader, it's absolutely critical to have compassion for your team. We are people first, not marketers first. And so showing your team that you care goes a really long way towards developing a highly motivated, high-performing team. So those are my three C's, curiosity, courage, and compassion. I love those. I love those. Speaking of curiosity, what's maybe something that you're most curious about right now? Um, maybe that's something that's top of mind, both professionally or personally. 
from a professional standpoint, the metaverse, right? That's the buzzword in marketing these days. I have a really good friend leading a metaverse company, and she and I have endless conversations about the right way for brands and companies to get involved in the metaverse. And I think, you know, it's still early days, and there's some great example of brands that have tried to do different things. I think we're being a little more cautious in that space to make sure that once we figure out our strategy, we're doing it the right way and it's going to be something that pays out. Uh, but it's a really exciting time and place. Um, the things they're doing in the virtual world are mind-blowing. I have a 12-year-old daughter and she survived the pandemic by playing Roblox. It enabled her to connect with her friends in real time in a virtual environment so that she had that connection while being stuck at home. Um, it was truly a lifesaver for her. And I think you know that really showed me the power of these virtual worlds to drive connections and also the power of branding in those virtual worlds where you know she wanted to buy Robux so that she could purchase clothes for her avatar um, or go to a branded destination in Bloxburg, you know, and purchase virtual goods. So those are, you know, things that excite me about the potential for how we market in the future. That's fun. Uh, for what you've read or listened to, is there anything that really sticks out recently that's really piqued your interest or that you'd love to share with the listeners? So I'm a voracious reader. Uh, I belong to a book club. And my daughter and I actually have a contest this year to see who can read more books. So far, I'm winning. Um, I mostly read fiction. It's a great way to unwind at the end of the day. But I did most recently read Michelle Obama's memoir, Becoming, which I thought was a fantastic read um, and had a lot of great life lessons. I think it, you know, she is the epitome of grace under pressure. And what I gleaned from her story in her book was really about how somebody that's been given a great responsibility really, you know, is humbled by that and, and takes that on her shoulders and uses that as a force for good, similar to, you know, Danone's role as a B Corp. She truly used her role as the first lady to do good in the world, right? She was given a great responsibility and she took that on, um, you know, and, and shouldered a lot of you know, tough times um, and came through with grace and with success. So I think we can learn from that, particularly given the environment we're working in these days. Absolutely. One thing I want to ask is how do you build a successful brand online these days? It's a great question. I mean, you know, I look at my own marketing budget. We're shifting a lot of our media spend to digital platforms. That is where the consumer is. We saw a huge shift in media consumption during the pandemic, a huge shift away from, you know, traditional media, you know, from print, out of home, linear TV to digital and social. Social media was through the roof. Uh, I think TikTok had, you know, the highest growth rate ever in 2020. Um, and so that is truly where consumers are engaging today. But it does require, you know, a different mindset as a marketer and a different way to build your brand. Because I truly think consumers are gravitating towards platforms that, one, enable them to connect with others and with brands, but also are a place where brands aren't talking at them, right? Traditional advertising was more of a one-way communication vehicle where brands were trying to put messages out into the world or you know, shout their benefits to consumers. And consumers don't want that. 
They want to engage in a conversation. And I think that's the beauty of platforms like TikTok is that it can be an engaging conversation, right? A brand can put out a piece of content and then consumers can leverage that and create their own content. Or you can do it with a piece of content from a brand. And so I think it's really about pivoting from that one-way communication and finding ways to engage with your consumers in a way that's authentic for your brand, but also relevant to the consumer. No, absolutely. One thing I did really appreciate when doing that research for this interview is that I, I saw that you, you're you passionate about art and science of marketing. And uh, like you said, on TikTok, you have to have content that resonates with the consumer, but also uh, performs, uh, meets your certain marketing KPIs. So maybe you could share a little bit more about uh, what it means to you when you say marketing is art and science. Absolutely. So for me, I love the art side of it, which is all about the design and the creativity. I have a fantastic team of designers, creative strategists in-house that are just building beautiful brand logos, brand worlds, packaging designs every day. And I think that is a critical part of marketing because when consumers connect with a brand in that way, it's emotional, it's instinctual. You walk down the aisle at the grocery store and a beautiful package grabs your eye. You can't necessarily say why, you just feel it. Um, And I love that part of marketing, but you have to marry that with the science. Um, again, we are dealing with limited dollars and I'm on the hook to prove that the dollars we're spending are delivering results. And so we measure everything we do. We have a world-class analytics team that performs marketing mix analysis to ensure that we know that every dollar we spend is delivering an ROI. And if it's not, or if the ROI declines, we dig deeper to understand why. And then we pivot And we shift and we say, okay, either this piece of creative isn't performing or this channel isn't performing or the people we're targeting aren't the right audience. And we're continually measuring and shifting our marketing plans to make sure that we are delivering the right results. So that for me is that perfect blend of art and science is you have, you know, the creativity and the design married with the actual data to produce effective marketing campaigns. I love that. Speaking on or staying on the subject of uh, effective marketing campaigns, what would you say or what sort of KPIs or metrics would you deem uh, a successful marketing campaign? I think it depends on your objective. Before we create a campaign, we always start with a brief. And for me, the most important part of the brief is understanding your objective. Are you trying to generate awareness, right? It might be a new brand that doesn't have a lot of awareness in the world. It may be an established brand that has high awareness, but has lost relevance. So really zoning in on what you're trying to achieve with that campaign and that brand. And so, for example, if your your objective is awareness, you're going to have a different set of KPIs. And so as we build our media plans, we're going to look at driving reach. We're going to want to reach as many people as many times as possible to drive awareness of that brand. So for me, you know, we, we have a myriad of KPIs, but, but looking at the critical ones to achieve the objective you've set out to do is what matters. Awesome. What's, what are you most proud of that maybe we haven't touched on in the interview so far? I think I'm most proud of how my team truly has weathered the past few years. We've gone through a lot of changes internally. Um, From a leadership standpoint, we've been transforming as a company, and there have been a number of leadership changes, changes in organizational structures. 
while at the same time, the world around us has been changing. And so it's been, you know, an incredible time to be a leader and, and, you know, work through that from a change management standpoint. And I could not be more proud of how the team has been resilient through all of it. They've truly embraced all of the changes happening. Um, they've stayed curious and they've really, you know, kept up to speed on the shifting media landscape, right? We shifted a significant portion of our dollars, as I mentioned, not only to digital, but to e-com, right? During the pandemic, people couldn't go to the grocery store and they started shopping online through Instacart. And so we immediately had to shift our marketing plans to make sure that we were on Instacart, where our consumers were going. Uh, we also saw a shift in consumption habits. We manage a huge yogurt portfolio. And during the pandemic, we saw a huge shift in consumption from single-serve yogurt cups to the larger tubs. And that makes intuitive sense. Previously, when people were running out to school or work, they would grab a single-serve cup of yogurt to eat on the go. They were no longer going anywhere. And so they shifted their purchasing to buy the tubs to stock up in the refrigerator to eat at home. So we had to make a quick shift and pivot in that sense. Um, you know, from a, a marketing standpoint, we had just purchased a huge digital billboard in Times Square. All of a sudden, Times Square was empty and nobody could see our digital billboard. So we had to shift our marketing dollars. We had to shift our, our campaigns, right? Some of the messages that we were putting out there were no longer relevant. And so we had to talk about, okay, what do consumers want to hear right now, if anything? Um, and you know, through it all, my team kept their nose to the grindstone, continued to learn, stay curious, um, and deliver great results. So very, very proud of the work they've done. Absolutely. How do you how do you find time for work-life balance? It seems like you have to stay on top of all the marketing trends, uh, be a great leader, uh, trying to trying to keep on top of all the campaigns. So how do you how does Linda find her work-life balance? So I'm one of those that doesn't believe in work-life balance, but believes in work-life integration. So I'm a single mom of a 12-year-old daughter, and I bring her to work. Um, you know, now that I'm working from home, she was able to join a lot of my virtual Zoom meetings. She's met my team. She knows what I do every day. I involve her in some of the decisions. She is actually a serial entrepreneur at age 12. Uh, she's, you know, started four businesses, I think, at this point. And so she loves to weigh in on what I'm doing. So I'll, I'll ask her opinion on a piece of creative or a new packaging design and really involve her in what I'm doing. So you know, there are those moments when we're together and I have to take a work call or I have to join a meeting. And she understands why. She understands the importance of what I'm doing. But then I also make sure that she understands she's my priority. And when we have time together, that is our time together. So for example, when I go on vacation with her, I don't bring my computer. I don't check my email on my phone. And I completely unplug. And my team knows that. I trust and empower them to get the job done while I'm gone. And if there's an emergency, they can reach me via cell. But otherwise, I am completely out of the office. I'm completely unplugged. And I'm completely focused on quality time with my daughter. And that enables me to come back recharged and energized and ready to tackle the next challenge. Awesome. I love that. Speaking of team, uh, you had mentioned the three C's for picking uh, your team and uh, people within your team. But on the flip side, what would you say are traits or characteristics of a great leader? 
It's a great question. I mean, I think those three C's absolutely apply to a great leader as well. And then in addition to that, I think a leader is someone who is really good at setting a vision and a true north for the team, but then getting out of the way and empowering your team to achieve that vision in their own way. You may not always have the same ideas or agree on the way to achieve success, but as long as everyone's clear on what success looks like, you need to trust that there's different ways to do that and let people figure out for themselves the best way to do that. And then I truly view my job as a leader as being there to help them overcome any obstacles they encounter along the way. Um, And so that's what I try to do. I try to set a really clear, strong vision. We're all working towards, you know, one common goal. And then I'm going to empower you to get the job done. Awesome. How how important is mentorship in the grand scheme of leadership? Are you a big proponent of uh, mentorship or what are your views on mentorship? I am. Um, I mean, I think there's a difference between mentorship and sponsorship, and I'm happy to talk about both. We do have a formal mentoring program internally at Denome, and I do mentor to employees in a more formal fashion. We meet on a monthly basis. We set joint objectives. I help them with that throughout the year. I also work very closely with American Corporate Partners, which is an organization that pairs corporate employees with Um, military people that are looking to obtain roles in corporate America. I've been partnering with them for a number of years where I mentor people that are trying to enter the civilian life and obtain jobs. Um, That's been extremely rewarding. Um, So big believer in the power of mentorship and really helping people, you know, with specific career objectives. But I also believe in sponsorship, um, which to me is a little bit different. And it's, you know, really helping someone obtain the right roles um, and being their sponsor and advocate as they move throughout their career, whether within your organization or your industry. Awesome. Where can their listeners connect with you online if they have any follow-up questions or just want to uh, connect and see how things are? You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active there, post a lot about the great campaigns we're doing at Denone or other things I'm involved in in the industry. Awesome. And since this is a marketing and branding podcast, I always love to end the interview with one last question. Uh, so my last question to you, Linda, is what's one word or phrase that you would use to describe Linda Bethay's brand? The velvet hammer. I had a manager once that referred to me as that and it stuck. Um, you know, I can get things done with a soft touch, but bring the hammer when I need to. Hi, I'm Linda Bethay and you're listening to Joe Momo Presents. This episode of the CMO and Joe podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more business strategies and tactics to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always dreamed of. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.